welcome to the Be Your Own Health Hero podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martinez. This show is for everyone who wants to better navigate their health and wellness journey. You'll get tips, resources, advice, and maybe a funny story or two. So put on your capes and hold on to your hats, because we're going to talk about it. heroes. Today's episode is part one of a series on perimenopause. I have to warn you all that there is explicit language in this conversation, so if you have any little ones around, you may want to pop in some headphones. Now that I've gotten the disclaimers out of the way, buckle up and settle in, because here we go. We are back. Welcome one and all, and thanks for tuning in. So what happens when you get a couple of gal pals together who've been friends since childhood and now they're all women of a wonderful certain age to talking? Well, in addition to catching up and some cackle-inducing inside jokes, we tackle the taboo subject of menopause. What we know, what we were never told, our shared experiences, and some things we wish we could change within the current state of medical treatment regarding this mysterious change of life. Now, I don't want any of my male listeners to run screaming from the room because this information is for you too. We can give you some insight on why the women in your life have suddenly gone crazy and how to navigate that landmine-filled, lovely trip to the next phase of our lives. Joining me today are some of the cool chicks I had the honor of going to school with once upon a time. Picture it. From 1988 to 1992, we graced the halls of Brooklyn Tech during the biggest era of hip-hop. And we were the best class to ever do the damn thing, if I do say so myself. Today, my guests have become heroines in their own right. Taking on the role of self-advocacy, they're here to share their stories so we can all learn to manage this roller coaster a little bit better. Please welcome Rashida, Nanika, and Yvette. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. Hello. Hello. You make us sound so cool. We are cool. It's the best they ever did. You know, Brooklyn, 1998. Come on, man. Nick has the tech mug. Nick has the tech mug. Yes. Did she say 98? I said 98 at the beginning. So trust me. Well, listen, we look like we could have been from 98. I'm just saying. We'll name our age and go all the way back. Listen, we don't crack, and it's quite all hey. right. We look like we could have been from 2008, but I know that's right. So, uh, ladies, please go around and introduce yourself. <laughs> Tell me some of the common and not so common things you've endured during this crazy change of life. And disclaimer, audience, we are going to be cursing because this bitch Perry, she ain't a friend of ours. We're gonna talk bad about her. So, uh, let's start with Nanika. Nanika, tell us about your journey. <laughs> Where you are right now? What's going on? Oh boy. <sighs> so I'm in a unique spot as far as um everyone that's here in this room, as far as um not actually having children, right? So there's that. So I'm gonna just put that out there. Not for lack of trying, because I have tried and haven't been successful. I've had quite a few losses, actually. So for me, um, you know, and then actually coming to the decision to no longer try and all of that stuff, it's like, 
I'm at this stage in my life where I'm getting this constant reminder mm. of you're running out of time. Even though I, um, you know, I know I'm like, you know, children, as far as having my own children, that's off the table now, you know, actually birthing a child, that's just off the table for me personally. But I'm still like, you know, this motherly type of person when it comes to children, especially having been an educator, still being in education and having a passion for um, working with children. So it's like this reminder of what never was at the same time of um, my body's letting me know that time, you know, is ticking. The clock is ticking, period. Even though it's just so it's like this constant reminder. And I feel like I'm in a little bit of a different space because, you know, you all and many other women have had children. So it's like you've gone through these different stages of your life where you're coming into becoming a young woman, as they used to call it back in the day, right? Oh, you're a young woman now because you're getting your monthly cycle. And then you're moving into a stage in which you have, you know, children, you become a mother. And then now it's like, okay, all of your kids are actually adults, right? You know, some of our contemporaries do have children that are, you know, considerably younger, but it's also like just this constant reminder of this one stage of my life that I didn't experience. Does that make sense? So it has that psychological effect on me as well. But other than that, like, I know that sounded really doom and gloom. I don't want to make it seem like that's part of what makes me feel bad. I think hormonally, it just does a thing to you. It does a thing to your body. Your body doesn't feel the same. You get these random pains, these aches and pains. And you're like, uh, uh, not realizing it's not just because we're getting older, because that is something that we share with our male um, age mates, right? Where like you're feeling this random pain, but sometimes it's just on a different level. And it's like, you're getting this random pain in your boob. Why? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> right? You're also like, I don't necessarily have hot flashes often. Mm. It happens occasionally. My issue is night sweats. So I can mm. literally wake up in the middle of the night and my clothes, like whatever I'm sleeping in, is kind of like drenched. I have to change out of my clothes. Like, you know, so I'm having these different experiences. And then as my period approaches, because I do still get them regularly, <laughs> which is crazy. And I still get it for the same length of time that I've had I have been getting it since I was 13. It's like, you know, it's still a little different. It's for the same length of time, but you notice a difference in how your your flow looks and, and, and is. So again, that's a reminder. But then it's like, I'm extra sensitive emotionally, like a day or two before I get it. Like, that's how I know, because I'll literally wake up feeling like crap. Like, I don't have time to deal with anyone. I don't want to get out of the bed. I'll be up for two hours and not leave the bed. If I don't have something to do, right? Like, obviously, if I have something to do, I'll get up and do it. But if I don't have something to do, I have no desire to, like, be a productive human right. being. It's a real moment. mind, pardon the expression, it's a real mind fuck because it not only develops issues within your hormone balances and, and all that. But like you said, it's that biological clock that sounds louder and louder and it's ticking and it's telling you, okay, so you're over, you know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. sad because you're, you're really looking at it at this point and, and saying, damn, how much time do I really have left in terms of everything? It gives you a perceptive, a perceptive yeah. shift. Like you're just, yeah. 
And I'm like, wait, I'm never going to be a grandma. Like, I mean, the truth is you could be a parent and still not become a grandparent, right? We know that. But it's just like, I just feel like so many things are tied to this thing that happens to us. Like, as a woman, as a girl, you never really have a, a time where you're just like, once you hit the age where you start to menstruate, like, yeah. that's it. Your body goes through all these different things after that. You're no longer able to just be carefree the way that you were when you were a kid, right? And now it's like, okay, you're dealing with this. Now you're dealing with these cramps and feeling this way and trying to navigate that. You get used to doing that for 35, 40 years, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in. You just throw a monkey wrench in. We're going to change everything. We're going to give you something different now. What? (laughs) Yvette, let's talk to you because I know that you had an entire uh, journey on actually discovering you were in perimenopause and misdiagnosis and people telling you that you were out of your mind or too young, blah, blah, hit me up. Let me know. What was your deal? So I was 40 years old and six months. I'm not going. I was 40 years old and six months, October, 2014. I don't forget. I woke up and I was like, what is this? Where am I? I was like, maybe I'm in a funk. It'll go away. Yada, yada, yada. I think when you're really in tune with your body, you you feel these things, right? It's the intuition. It's the em- empathic side of me. It's all of that. So I was like, all right, this is going to go away because I can't be like this forever. And it started with flooding. It's like my period went from a regular period every 28 days, seven days, seven days, to like blood clots and like, I thought what the hell is coming out of me? So it went from, well, let me go to the GYN and see. And so it's not fibroids. And I was experiencing all these other symptoms. Like there was sadness, there was fatigue. And when I tell you, I would wake up, this happened for 15 months. I would wake up and instantly know in my body, if I had pain, it was going to be a bad day. Meaning I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to comb my hair, things that I always did. Like it was never heavy on me. And so those three days I dragged. And so nobody knew what was going on because you can't physically see that something is wrong. And so people dismiss that too, but you look great. I feel like crap. Like the sadness, the fatigue, the actual pain, I would be working out. You wouldn't, nobody would know, but like those videos that I posted with the, with the sweat, a lot of that was tears because it was just like, I'm going to keep going. And then I was gaining the weight too. So people saw, you could see that. I was getting like six, every six weeks I was getting like two pounds. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm eating right. I'm working out, yada, yada, yada. And the first doctor that I went to who did the sonogram, she's like, oh, it's great. You have no fibroids. We don't know why you're bleeding. Did a second sonogram with the water, which is freaking painful. And I'm telling her all my symptoms. And she says to me, "Um, you sound like you're depressed. You need Prozac. I've seen you twice. I understand what my symptoms mean. But I'm not, there's, there's no reason for me to go straight to Prozac and numb the rest right. of my life. I'm not going to do this for, 40, for the next 40 years plus, right? Now, yeah, when I think back, there were things that were going on, but they were all positive. My son was applying to college, which was a, it was huge, right? That's a huge stress. I was doing, Carolyn's turning 16. And so we had this big sweet 16 being planned and all this stuff. So there was a lot going on and I am a single parent, but it's never... And I mean, one day my son just looked at me. He goes, why are you so lazy? I wanted to punch him in his neck because he had never seen mom on the, on the sofa. If it was a weekend and I had a bad three days or whatever it was, I was on the sofa. 
I was doing what I needed to do. And that was it. And it was just, I just didn't have the energy. So I was concerned, I'm like, what's going on here? And no one would test my hormones. You're too young. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. And I kept going to my um, the GYN's office, but I kept seeing different doctors because she wasn't available. Little did I know she was a perimenopause doctor at the end of the day. What were you saying, Joel? I didn't say anything. Go ahead. Oh. So anyway, so long story short of that, I mean, I experienced so many things. Like that, um, I haven't had a hot flash or a night sweat. So those are the typical things that people talk You're about. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when... In, with respect to that, yeah. right? I've had, and I wrote everything down because it is just amazing. I spent 15 months feeling pregnant, okay? Mm. The weight, the swellingness. My brothers once told me, um, did you get implants? <laughs> I was so swollen. I'm, like, no. I'm so, still trying to figure out where these came from. I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. I don't know where they came from, it, y'all. It's really know. insane that as regular active people, right? We're in tune with ourselves and we are so hard on ourselves because we're so active and we are that hustle nation generation where we're like, just put it aside or whatever you're feeling, however you're feeling and just get things done. So that when people see us exhausted, because I've experienced that exhaustion and I love to nap. I mean, I would be out for three hours. And I blame it on my couch. I'm like, oh, this is an evil couch because the couch is so comfortable. No, I'm just freaking tired. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting that how draining it actually is because when you get tired and your body has had enough, it shuts down. Now, Rashida, you're coming from a different standpoint because you do have what's known as an invisible disease, right? You mm-hmm. have issues that people won't necessarily see outward signs and you're going through this. So let's talk about your journey. So um, to begin, like in my 30s was my onset for fibromyalgia. Um, I really believe it was probably uh, residual from probably being undiagnosed celiac because they didn't consider that a disease for people, melanated people, so to speak. But um, I've always had that issue as a child not go to the bathroom for days, weeks, whatever have you. So moving along through college, you know, you get leaky gut and stuff like that. You don't know about these things, but it affected my, my mood. So slowly I'm starting to see like my muscles and stuff, you know, deteriorating, meaning that like I was in a step show, had to stop because my muscles locked up. So moving on all through my thirties, I even went through a period of um, being on disability, I wasn't working. I was considered early retired. Um, and I refuse, I've refused to lose. Like I, I can't, I was supposed to have like a walker, um, but actually a scooter. And I was like, hell no. Like I, mm-hmm. my doctor was like, I could get it in gold. I don't give a shit if you could get it in <laughs> platinum. I'm not using it. Oh my so, God. you know, skipping past that. So now, you know, I'm much better. I did some research, had to trial and error, became my own advocate, my own doctor and telling, being like, um, Yvette said, being very attuned to your, your system, knowing what works. And I have a very sensitive system. So, you know, I'm doing much better, you know, back to work, been to work. And so I'm in remission for like 10 years or so. So I noticed I cheer. maybe three or so years ago, my, um, thank you. My, I noticed that my body 
It's like my cycle is changing, like Yvette said. Like I noticed that it's shortening. I'm always, you know, like 20, 28 days exactly. Now it's like 24. I'm noticing that the the flow is different. It's light sometimes. Never had fibroids. Then speed up, speed up. I'm talking like within the last year or so, three fibroids out of nowhere. Very small. Don't know what the hell it is. I have had... Um, twice dermoid cyst on my ovaries, right? That's a whole nother issue. Took them off, whatever, no problem. But if you don't take off the small one that you don't see on one ovary, it's going to come back on both ovaries. So I had that done twice. All right. So I'm telling my, my gynecologist who's very bright, you know, this, she lives for this shit. So I'm saying, I think I'm going through menopause. Oh no, Rashida, you, and I'm very, before I even get into that, I'm very serious about not using American doctors. I hate to say it, but because of my alternative eating lifestyle and my unconventional ways of medication, I always have to go to doctors that seek out other ways of treating your body and they tend not to be American. It's not that I have anything against American doctors because I'm American. It's just that we have a very closed mind when it comes to treating a patient. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's like, no, Rashida, you know, you, you don't have any problems. Look, let me test your hormones. She tests my hormones. It comes back normal. I'm like, bullshit. I know something's going on, but I'm going to go with it because again, Yvette, you hit it on the head, being very empathic, very intuitive. I feel it coming. All right. Shit. Two months ago, I wake up. I First of all, I get a new principal. She's going through menopause. She's talking about these hot flashes. I can't relate. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. Okay. How do you feel? It's freezing in here, but you're good. Anyway. I get these muscle cramps and I think I'm going back into this state of fibromyalgia. Like Mm. what the fuck I'm eating, you know, properly gluten is something I, I, I do not eat gluten. I do sneak every once in a while. I pay for it anyway. I'm like, Oh shit. You know, I've been doing too much. My muscles are cramping up, but I had the full blown body aches. I'm bumping into walls. Um, I had these periods of anxiety. Then I get these periods of sadness. I didn't want to call it depression because fuck that. I'm not depressed. Like I'm sad, but I don't know why I'm sad. I feel a tear coming. Is that you crying player? Players don't cry. Girl, you better get your shit together. You're not crying. You're too strong to cry. What you crying for? Girl, this is not even your feelings. You are feeling somebody else's spirit. Get their spirit. Like this is the shit I'm going through in my head. And so then I'm like, fuck that. I got to look some shit up. TikTok, I don't give a shit what y'all say. TikTok is life. I went on TikTok because I was like, I know this has to be menopause. But what hit me is that we have a great school nurse. And she said, Rashida, I think you're going through perimenopause. Because just like women sync up with their cycles, you and -and so-and-so are super close I think you synced up with her and it put you in, you know, it brought you to that phase. You were already there. So I was like, damn, I think you're right. You know what's crazy about that? I'm sorry to interrupt, but Uh she's saying that because you work closely with this person. So you see them on a daily basis, correct? Yes. This also can happen in a group of people that just use communication over the phone. That happened in a group that I'm in with four other women. We're yes, because your, your periods align. Like days of each other. It's the weirdest thing. 
Yeah. So she said, that's what she thought. So I'm like, okay. So then I had to take off two days back to back because I could not move. I was in pain. I was getting muscle cramps. I'm cold and I'm hot. And then I'm cursing all women. Like, fuck y'all. How dare you have us go through this bullshit? Yes. And then women, we don't tell each other. Yes. Like, fuck you. Fuck right. you. Fuck been you. Been fuck you. Exactly. But that's what happened All of them. I was like, exactly. mom, why didn't you tell me this? Yes. Mom, why didn't you tell me this? Guess what? My mom didn't experience what I'm experiencing. Right. So how could she tell me anything? But you know what, though? Nick, they say that, and I swear I still want to punch him in the throat because I'm like, there's no way. Like, maybe we don't have the same exact things. I said the same thing. Mm -hmm. The school nurse was like, Rashida, everybody doesn't experience it the same way. And I'm like, no passes. You know why? Because your shit is off, right? And- True, we don't come from a generation where we depend heavily on the doctor as in our parents' generation. Sure. But I'm like, damn, you couldn't whisper like, um, you might be feeling a little sensitive. My boobs are hurting. I'm eating mm-hmm. chocolate like crazy. Like mm-hmm. I never, I only had cramps, you know, so bad so that I actually had to leave tech some days and go home. And I could make it, but almost not make it. Yeah. But again, I'm attributing some of these things. Oh God, maybe I'm going back through this, this whole fibromyalgia, like terrified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it goes away. And then I'm like, and then not to mention, I had a breast surgery. I had a, a lipoma that moved to a hamaratoma in my breast that I had to take out just the way they treat women. So they were going to let me have a lopsided boob, like a small boob when they take it out. And then my other triple D like no Mm ma'am. So I decided we're going to hook this up. I got two doctors, one to do the surgery, one to do the reconstructive surgery. Mm -hmm. And it was like a, a, a reduction and they had to make it much smaller. But I was like, y'all just let women just do anything, not to mention the amount of times that female gynecologists have told me, oh, you don't want any more children. Why don't you just have a hysterectomy? Oh, my God. What? Bitch, it's mine. And then when I said, why would I do that? Like, you give me more grief about taking away my tonsils than you would my my whole uterus and ovaries. And the recourse is because I've had children. Absolutely not. Right. And then they're like, well, I don't understand why you don't want to do that. Because the shit is mine. And I was born with it. And if there's no major problem, then why I'm not going to have that. That right. You know? And why would they want you... Sorry to... But why would they want to induce surgically induced menopause, which is way worse? Yeah. Because it's yes. easier and it's also more profitable for them. Yeah. They do a it's surgery... Hard. It's more profitable and it's easier. So now you don't have to keep coming in here asking about what's going on. Well, here's the thing that was from my twenties on. I don't care what they say. Minority women, Mm -hmm. when I tell you they go for our shit, especially if you're melanated, because Mm -hmm. I also have a very close friend who is a tech, you know, tech graduate with the same class who had major problems in that area with, you know, female organs and uterus Mm -hmm. and stuff. And the recourse her doctors went through to save her uterus so that she could have children. Whereas mine, they were like, you don't need it. I'm like, what? What?" Right. Didn't even tell me about the fact that Yvette, like, like you said, that that causes menopause. 
who the, I didn't even know that. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm not giving up my shit. Like y'all are going to work. You're going to fix this. There is, and if, so, you know what? And if it's not y'all, it's obviously going to be someone else that would be more willing to do it. Cause I don't want y'all fixing something you don't really want to fix. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so I was very adamant about that. Like you're not taking my uterus. And I just, it, the shit we go through as women mm-hmm. is, is, beyond mm-hmm. what is humane. This is it, why it's I terrible. have this conversation because it goes beyond just the, you know, the comedy things that we talk about and the, you know, we can laugh about certain things and make jokes, but it's a very serious situation where we're coming from parents of a generation. I know my family's Caribbean. My family's Haitian. We don't talk about nothing. Like <laughs> to try and get my mother to open up and tell me something mm-hmm. is just like trying to pry open a clam that's been shut with Gorilla Glue and buried for 35 years like she ain't telling me shit even when I start mm-hmm. going through it she's just like oh I didn't I didn't experience that and I don't think it is the disparity between their symptoms and ours I really think that it is a cultural and a, and a generational thing that they do not talk to us about and they think that you're supposed to almost us. suffer through it it's yeah. like it's yeah. a right passage to meet to get to this age and we should be grateful and we are grateful but we shouldn't have to suffer for 40 years this for the rest of our lives they're the suffer generation we yeah, don't but, really have to do that, they, but we also need to start making, breaking the taboo cycle and talking, not just amongst ourselves, but legislating so that our medical professionals mm-hmm. are more proactive and are better to us because we are the constituents they serve. We are the clientele. They don't look at us like we need to be I jump in there and talk about a little bit about being proactive for yourself and being your own advocate. I just fired my new primary care doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I go into her office because so when I started my whole, it's been nine years of this, right. Trying to figure it all out. Right. And like Rashida said, I, I was a 35 year old that I want to go back and smack myself because I was the one that was like, these 40 year old women, they're just complaining. All you need to do is work out, eat right, and you'll be healthy. 40 years and six months, smacking the face was like, yeah, no, here's 26 pounds for you. And here's everything else. The sadness, the fatigue, all that stuff, the skin, the hair, the bloating, heart palpitations. There's so many symptoms. And you think like anxiety, I'd wake up in the middle of the night. I never had anxiety wake up in the middle of the night and run outside or stick my head out the window because I felt like I was suffocating. Mm. So it's not being crazy. This is all hormonally. So fast forward to nine years where in the first 15 months of my issues going on, I kind of balanced myself. I was supplementing. I wanted, I finally got diagnosed um, in perimenopause. I had, my thyroids were off too. And the nurse took it upon herself to tell me that I was normal when I could have been medicated, whether I would have done that or not would have been my option, but she took that away from me. Right. And then I was pre-diabetic. So I stopped taking sugar in my coffee and I reversed that. That was 2016. Fast forward to now. And now I'm feeling the sadness again, but it's different. It's like, and like Rashida says, I don't want to call it depression because fuck that. Right. But it is, it is what it is. Right. And it's like the crying for no reason. And then the indifference, like not giving a fuck. It's not me. I'm like, no, I'm fucking, sorry, feely, feely. Like, and all like, and all the emotions and all this stuff. And when I'm like changing, I don't like this change. So I'm like, it's not me. And I would tell my doctor, I like my old me. So we're going to get back to that. Right. I actually like myself. (laughs) We're not doing this. It's a struggle. So I start with, with a new primary care doctor and she, you know, I get my, my physical and I knew, I knew it. I knew it. We're talking about prediabetes 
and she's like, um, she goes, well, you know, look at me. And she's one of those, what I would call skinny fat people. Mm. Yeah. Oh boy. We all know what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah. 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 There's some people that just ain't going to gain weight, but they don't mean that they're healthy. They can't at all. No tone. Heavy. Miss me with that. I'd rather whatever curves. How old is she? Would you say how old is this woman? Mm -hmm. So she looked like she was fifty-five, but she told me she was forty-six. You know what? Okay, so that's your first mistake. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what she tells. This is what she told me, Nanika. Check it out. So she's and we have a mask on. So this is like last week, and she says to me. You know, look at me. Um, I, and I'm like, are you comparing me to you and calling me fat? Because, right. But whatever, right? So she's like, well, look at me. I have, um, I'm pre-diabetic. I just need to eat better. I'm like, and then she says, well, you know, sometimes there just isn't an answer. And I looked at her and I was like, that's not an answer. Right. Okay. So first of all, let's just put something out there about pre-diabetes. Like almost... Yep. The entire country is pre-diabetic, number one, because our diets are horrible. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that goes back to decades and, you know, over a century of, like, overproducing certain foods because of, again, legislation. So a lot of people don't realize a lot of the things that we're dealing with is because of legislation that oftentimes we just aren't tapped into at all. We have no idea what's going on. So when you offer subsidies to farmers back in whatever, you know, around the depression, because you need them to produce more food because people were literally starving and you want them to produce things like wheat and corn Mm -hmm. and all those things, we have an overabundance of it and it's going into everything that we eat. This is why we're pre-diabetic. So as a country, we're pre-diabetic. She can't, you know, it's no longer just a black and brown issue anymore. Everyone is pretty much pre-diabetic because right. we're, we're hooked on sugar and we eat all these other things. And it, just to say it like it's a nonchalant thing because all American, med- you know, healthcare, all they really want to do is medicate us, right? So it's like, instead of us, being more informed so we can make better decisions about whatever it's like okay here's this pill is supposed to magically help you but now it's causing other issues as well and it's interacting with the seasons of our lives where we're dealing with these other things hormonally because the truth is when they give us these medications a lot of times the pool that they tested on and and the people that are doing this stuff is not us it's not us and it's it's a lot more male, right? Right. So like, even with stuff like how we respond to certain things, there's not enough of a female sample to really know how this is going to affect a woman who's of a certain age dealing with these other things. So we don't have enough information. So when these doctors say these things and it gets us even more upset because there are women doctors saying these things, we got to remember where they're learning it from. Yeah. A male skewed, you know what I'm saying? Like- you, you know what system. the interesting thing is, Nick, that you say that? So the majority of my doctors are male, mm-hmm. except for my gynecologist. And when I tell you they are so much more compassionate and, and mm-hmm. open and understanding and Rashida, if you feel it, that's probably what it is. Or, you know, be in mm-hmm. tune with your system. And and then you said something else that hit me. So I have a, a heart condition that I've always had as a kid, didn't even know it. I have what's called preventricular contractions. And so I can't take any stimulants, caffeine, anything, because it 
I can't take a decongestion, none of that. So it speeds up my heart rate, which means I can't take certain herbal supplements either because a lot of them are stimulants. So when you say um, that uh, now I have this, you know, I have, you know, I have this gluten issue. So it's not just gluten. It's, you know, um, fillers, period, processing. There's certain cheeses I can't eat because the chemical process, I have to stay Mm -hmm. with white cheeses. With that being said, it makes sense now why you said when you talk about pre-diabetic, I'm not. And my cholesterol levels are really low. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason is because I don't eat wheat. Right. And I don't eat and even live at my corn. And when you stay so close to the most natural kind of diet, and I'm not even talking about not eating meat, because mm-hmm. another thing is I am um, always been borderline anemic. So I have an anemia issue. I actually had to get transfused mm-hmm. not so long ago. With that being said, um, just what we put in our system affects so many other things. And as women going through these types of issues, you don't realize like the chocolate you eat from Hershey's to, to chocolate made in the UK, ridiculous difference, right? Mm -hmm. The chocolate melts when it's in other countries here, it's mostly wax, you know? Mm. So just knowing these different things greatly affect how our bodies respond and how our bodies heal. And that Mm -hmm. was the thing, like for me, now I take Cymbalta. I take trace amounts. So I take over a period of a day, only 40 milligrams. But I say that to say, you get put on these these drugs to help one thing, and then Mm -hmm. you can't even get off of them. Like I will probably forever be on duloxetine. Because I have tried to come off it about three or four times. And the mental breakdown, because Mm. it's norepinephrine and it's also um, serotonin. Those are the, I have to have both for them to work. I don't need a lot, but I know that my body gets depleted, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a trace amount. But most people that take that, they're on like 150 milligrams, you know, Mm -hmm. a day. The withdrawal is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So great. It's a blessing that I I can take trace amounts of things or not Mm -hmm. take it at all. But it's all because of my own advocacy. And and I, I just feel like for women to do what they do to each other is disgraceful. Like, it is disgraceful. Oh my gosh. Like you suffer. You've allowed me to suffer and then make me feel like I'm crazy because I'm telling you something that either you're not well versed on, you're too arrogant to listen to, mm-hmm. or you're going to... T- Put it on me like something's wrong with me. Right. So kudos to you, Yvette, for firing her because for her to even refer to herself as insensitive. How dare you? Right. All right, now, that was a lot. But wait, there's more. We'll continue this panel discussion with lots more fun and information on part two, so stay tuned. Well, my friends, the time has come. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to the Be Your Own Health Hero podcast. Don't forget to tell all your super friends that they can find me on their favorite podcast platform, on Instagram as BYO Health Hero, or you can email me 
at info at beyourownhealthhero.com. Please like, subscribe, and share. I'm your host, Joe Martinez, and until next time, I'm out.